You're listening to Please Save Me. Please Save Me is the official recap podcast of Chicago Heroes, network TV's number one drama. Chicago Heroes is definitely a real TV show, but you won't find it in any TV guide. And if you don't watch it, that's, that's your, your problem. problem. You've got to take a side. You know what makes me really sick to my stomach? What? It's watching you stuff your face with those hot dogs. If you see me coming, you better run because I'm going to lay the fuck down. Nobody, I mean nobody, puts ketchup on a hot dog. Smells like courage. What's up, Hero Heads? And welcome to the official recap podcast for television's number one show, Chicago Heroes. We have no excuse not for listening to the podcast this week because the episode of Chicago Heroes this week was an especially short one. It was only 127 minutes, uh, and that was also the name of the episode. Uh, I am your host of Please Save Me. My name is Ben Flores, and I'm here uh, with a little extra time on our hands since the episode was so short to recap this with my co-host. Hi, I'm Sarah Black, and... Boy, do I need an oil change after that episode. My engine is flooded. Yeah, you and me both. I mean, this one was one that really blew out the... Um, Gaskets. Old, yeah, and the gas gauge on the yeah. car um, in terms of, you know, when you drive a car really fast, Too it, fast. It, the gas gauge maxes out. <laughs> Uh, so that's really what was happening this week. And, uh, yeah, and this episode went from zero to 127. Yeah, it was so good. Really just heightened my expectations for what the uh, genre of television and the genre of mm. network television and the genre of drama can do. It just took me places. Specifically, zoom, zoom. it took us to the great outdoors. Do you have oh. any great outdoor memories, Sarah, that you want to share with our listeners before we get started? Uh, I love Animal Crossing. Absolutely. Well, without any um, further ado, then, it's probably a good idea for us to introduce somebody who we have here um, in the realm of expertise. Yeah, he's yeah. an expert in something, all right to discuss this episode with us. Uh, we usually like to bring an outside perspective in to give a viewpoint. Yeah, and kind of help us analyze maybe through a lens with which we would not typically analyze an episode. And we always like to invite somebody in who has kind of a tight relationship with the show and feels really connected to it in the way that we are, but also are not because they are their own person and they have their own different connection to the show. So without any further ado, I would like to welcome to the trailer, John Township. John Township. Welcome, John. Uh, well, I can't imagine a better introduction for you there, and you've really swung for the fences in terms of how you've greeted it. Uh, so, John, what did you think of this week's episode? Let's get that nitty-gritty out of the way yeah, right let's away. let's kick things into high gear. Well, I am. I really enjoyed all of the aesthetics. It reminded me of my time. Back in Yosemite Valley, amongst all of the teensters and being young and all that, you know how it goes where you're 
eating cat food out the can, and all passing around the fun little beers and all that fun little hyper fun stuff, you know, and having lots of sex with your co-ed counterparts, and um, really enjoyed it. I sure do know about that. Yes. And, you know, what you just said made me so freaking cheesed because uh, just thinking about those Teamsters uh, slacking off of the job out there in Yosemite Valley. Having sex? Having sex and... Having uh, fun? Sarah and I have long taken an anti-union stance on this show and... And we are sex negative. Doubling down on double the trouble here right now. Yeah. Um, So, John, can you explain a little bit about what you do or your connection to the Chicago Heroes universe? Sure, I am. I worked on the car that's featured in this episode. I uh, am a mechanic and I dabble here and there. I'm more of a tradesman of several kinds, but in particular... I just like to work on cars. Well, it's great that the producers of Chicago Heroes let you do what you love. Uh, And I will say that if what you were supposed to be doing with Serena Sanchez's new cop car in this episode was making it fall apart like a freaking bucket of bolts, then you absolutely delivered. Was Was that what they asked you to do? Not entirely. They told me to, um, actually, actually, uh, you know, build the car up quite a bit. I actually logged about 3,500 hours on this custom build. Mm. Mm. I imported several parts. Um, 6,500 short of expertise. Oh, boy, is that the case? Well, yeah, I, I, you know, I told them, I was like, you know, this is actually kind of a passion project for me. I, I don't really do it for the money, and they told me, well, okay, well, we got money for you, and I said, no, please. I would just like to see this bad boy hit the road. Well, you definitely saw it hit the road in about 10,000 pieces, Uh, (laughs) and we'll go ahead and get back to that. Uh, Let's talk about what they did in this episode, because that was the C story. Honestly, that was really um, kind of a subplot to this episode. C for car. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, the uh, A story was for A-lister, which is what they did with the money that they saved off of paying John Township. They hired an A-lister for this one. That's and right. And can you guess who it was? <laughs> uh, we'll all... Hang on. We'll give you three guesses. Go ahead and take them, at listeners, at home. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> it was Dave Franco. That's right. Uh, we open on Dave Franco. Dave Franco playing Dave, Dave Franco. Franco. Now, I wasn't positive that he was playing Dave Franco until the credits rolled at the end, uh, and it said Dave Franco as himself. Um, <laughs> Because, well, I knew he was playing a character named Dave Franco right. because they called him Dave Franco in the episode over and over. But Constantly. I wasn't sure if it was a fictional character well, called Dave Franco or a real one. Well, because nobody ever asked him if he was James the, Franco's the brother. The Dave Franco, yeah. James Franco's brother. Right, nobody ever asked that. Nobody asked And it. in real life, people would ask. A lot of people said, hey, aren't you? 
And then he would say, yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. Go, oh, I am. Uh, yeah. I mean, he spent most of the episode not interacting with a soul. So a lot of this stuff was happening inside his mind <laughs> when he the was. The wind was asking kind of, him. Yeah. Hallucinating. I mean, he yeah. was. Uh, he was painting with the colors of the sky inside his imagination. Yep. I just want to know one thing. <laughs> and I'll ask the producers of the show straight on. Why well, this is a great place to do it. Why did they... <laughs> why did they make... You go ahead and Mr. ask them whatever you're going to ask <laughs> yeah. straight on by recording it onto our podcast, and then we'll send them a message to listen. Go ahead. All right, I'm just going to tell them why did they make, make Mr. Franco poopy. And his pants on the cliff. That is a great question, and I've been wondering that one myself. Yeah, I mean, Ben and I took off our headphones, I took off my blinders, we paused our episode, and we looked at each other, and we asked the same thing. We said, why did they They make make Dave Franco poopy? I understand it's a natural process for anybody, and and if you're in shock uh, of any kind... You know, your body's not going to react in a normal way, but this is Mr. Franco himself, a very hot young lad who has a lot to live for, and I doubt that he knew going up there that he would be making poopy in his pants. I think it's really funny that you call him uh, Mr. Franco, and now I'm wondering if you even watched, because, of course... In the opening shot, he runs into that little kid who says, uh, aren't you Mr. Franco? And he said, please, please call me Dave. Mr. Franco is my brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, which again, that. he didn't say James, so no, we don't know. We don't know. But uh, so yeah, he's is... passing by some little kids along the trail yes. on the side of Chica- on the face of Chicago Mountain. Right. I was just going to say it's probably helpful for us to describe what he was doing when he went poopy oh he was only headed to make history right so he was on his way and he passed some kids and one of them said hey aren't you mr franco and he said no please mr franco's my brother call me dave franco and then we see him kind of walk a couple more feet and then he's looking up at the hugest mountain face i mean i've ever seen on tv yes the chicago wall is what they call it and he Three was, times the size of the Sears Tower. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. That's oh, what they all true say. modern marvel. I am absolutely blown away at the, cyper, the types of effects that they had to put into use to make such a wow. Well, I liked the little VH1 style behind the music uh, kind of uh, pop-up music video. Pop-up video. Pop-up video boxes that yes. they put on to trademark that they put on to this episode that actually told us what uh, Mr. Township just shared, which is that if you laid the Sears tower down on its side and stacked it three times, that would be the size of the Chicago wall on the Chicago mountain. Yeah. So it's a really big deal (laughs) that Dave Franco is about to make the first ascent. When I mean, are they going to bring no, pop-up video back? Nobody's ever done it. I just love all the infographics <laughs> where they show all of these interesting facts about our city. Just how wide the Sears Tower really would be if you laid it down on its side. And, uh, you know, nobody's ever thought to 
scale, scale the Chicago no. wall. Well, to lay this year's down, they down on its side. So no. they've already broken ground with that. Yeah. Uh, and it would break ground if you laid it down on its side <laughs> but from what the gravity. But sleepy? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no one's ever thought to scale the Chicago wall. No. It's just not high enough. Yeah, but this guy, this Dave Franco character is mm, kind of a freak and a daredevil maverick. and a maverick. Somebody who kind of doesn't care about danger or mm, anybody in his life losing him from their life. And oh, that's yeah. interesting. He, he, uh, he makes camp before he does the first ascent and he pulls a series of postcards out of his backpack and he writes a goodbye note to each and every person, each and every person he's ever met. Uh, and he again writes one to Mr. Franco, but we never quite figure out. Okay. I thought that was him just making, you know, he writes his name before he then would write a letter to her. So he starts at, that's how, you know, he writes your name at the top of a letter to teacher. Hey, teacher, William Woods up top. Whoever that is. <laughs> Some guy. Some guy. That's a good fake name. Christopher Robin, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. along with the date and the time. You then proceed to do <laughs> your teacher's work, and then bada bing, bada boom, you're good to go. Hey, teacher, Christopher Robin, 9 11 2001, <laughs> 9 a.m. Bada bing, bada boom, let's go. Uh, just for example. Good um, example. And he wrote example a, bunch of a bunch of those of the, letters. A bunch of those letters that <laughs> Dave Franco wrote. Yeah. And then he got a good night's sleep in, ate some pork and beans. <laughs> Got a good night's sleep and then uh, woke up bright and early to t- uh, to tackle his challenge. Yeah. And well, pretty shortly into that, this story takes a turn, but we will get back to that in a moment. Yes, because nearby the campsite, there is another campsite happening of people who <laughs> yes. are doing something mm. and it's not preparing for a great physical feat. Quite the opposite, in fact. They are uh, preparing for a great feat of the mind. That's right, they're smoking a joint. Well, it, uh, it Somebody must... call the cops, huh? It must have been a uh, sativa, not an indica, because there was no couch for them to be in the couch on mm. up on the side of Chicago in Mountain. In the cliff. <laughs> in uh, the cliff. Yes. In the cliff. <laughs> um, and that little joke thing that Sarah and I just made was just some of the types of jokes that these stupid, dirty hippies were making oh while they were gosh. smoking the weed. So annoying. People these who smoke were weed stoner suck. types. Yeah. I did also really enjoy the infographic on this one as well, where they displayed the percentage of highness of all of these teensters with their brains going to shit. And that was playing over a music video, and that music video was Wilson by Fish. And it was so such an interesting societal commentary yeah. that these hippies were teamsters as well. Uh, yes, because some ne'er do wells. This is kind of a commentary on the decline of uh, American industrial work and manufacturing jobs, uh, the decline of the American Union, and maybe the, even the decline of the American work ethic. Yay! Well, boo to work ethic, but yay to no unions. Yay to no more. 
unions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, these guys were uh, all pretty much in a happy union, wedded bliss with uh, Oh, my gosh, they were having a freaking wedding. They're freaking, yes. They were practically marrying the cannabis uh, because we... (laughs) A lot of them before they do. Would you take, take a, cannabis man to be your lawfully wedded husband. That's what one of these filthy hippies said to the other one, and and he said, "I do." And he said, "You may now kiss the bride," and then handed him a joint to suck <laughs> off. Yeah, <laughs> suck off. So that's happening, and we're kind of like, okay, why show us that? Well, we find out later. Now we cut. To fast cut, <laughs> fast cut, and I got a fast car is what Serena Sanchez is, is singing to herself. My yes. favorite part, yeah. Uh, John, why don't yeah. you go ahead and just take us through this opening scene where we see your pride and joy? Okay, well, the first thing I noticed was they actually had taken a bunch of I don't know, rocks or heavy objects and started to beat the crap out of the car that I had worked so tirelessly on. That was my first slash, but I figure this is big-time Hollywood, and that's Mm -hmm. the aesthetic they're going for. Sure. New car, but it's a rustic look because a city or something of the sort, but... Potholes. Hey, there you go. That's a... I should have put a little bit more thought into the, the shock, but they said, get this car as low to the ground as possible. <laughs> yeah. And I said, okay, sure enough. I really enjoyed that they personally took uh, Buick LeSabre, a car I have admired for years, and they told me to mod it to look something like a triple X or uh, something that... Dwayne the Rock Johnson might be uh, cruising around on. So I told him, hey, this is going to be uh, uh, kind of a Guinness World Record here. And they did not like my joke. They told me to keep working, old man, or we're going to knock your knees out. So as I went, I, I then see Miss, uh, Miss here, uh, 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 Miss Sanchez, you know, she's having a good time. And she's driving around. I, I really didn't necessarily care for how they were just burning up the tires since I told them those tires were antiques that I also had spent a lot of time trying to find on eBay. But there you go. Um, I'll also say that the way that they transitioned her driving from country roads into racetrack back to country roads was a little bit unrealistic. Well, especially yeah. that she's doing donuts down both of them the whole way. Yes. And God. eating donuts while she spins the yep. donuts. Yep. Really kind of wonder sometimes whether the people that write this show actually have any respect for our boys and gals in blue. They better. Well, they better. But it makes me wonder. They have to. It's illegal not to. And they had that new car, yes, absolutely scraping the pavement as it was driving the whole way, sparks <sighs> flying. That's what it sounded like. So that was a 12-second scene. And then we cut back to our star. 
the Davey man that they paid Franco. the big bucks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, spotting big bucks from up on the side of the Chicago wall, looking down and saying, oh, I think I see an eight pointer. <laughs> uh, and uh, then. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, boy, that was not a good idea because he forgot the first rule of rock climbing, which is don't, don't turn your distracted. back to the wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't get distracted by turning your back to the wall, uh, which he does. Uh. Accidentally takes his hands off. <laughs> accidentally takes his hands off the wall. Uh, pretty. Well, dumb. he was reaching for his rifle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He wanted to uh, uh, bag him, tag him, is what he was. Yeah. Is what his greedy eyes were doing. Uh, was uh, he was imagining bringing that rack home to all the the people he had written notes to i guess to his entourage or yeah. or whatever i mean this is a hollywood guy so he uh, reaches for his rifle and whoa, 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 whoa. and he gets stuck in a crevasse yeah at the end of a long uh he has a long fall and a short stop um and promptly sh- makes himself poopy i just want to say directly to the producers and directors of this show I can understand a man And of, we can understand you. Oh, well, yeah, a man of Dave Franco's stature getting kind of uh, loosey-goosey on the slope, falling, getting stuck, and uh, I just don't understand why they make him go poopy. <laughs> yeah, and that's a good thing to bring up to the producers multiple times, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really understand it either because from my perspective, what I'm not getting is uh, is two things. Uh, as you said, John, it was a slope. I mean, we've been calling it a wall, um, but it really is more of a slope. Yeah. And uh, well, it just seems tape. like at any point along that fall, he should have grabbed onto something or maybe stuck a foot out. Uh, in, and and stopped himself. Okay, well, that's easy for you to say. Did you, you did. see a freaking tree or a shrub to grab onto? Yeah, I mean, so many. And uh, he seemed almost practically like he was trying to avoid them. You know, I mean, he's he's up on he's Playing he's on his rocker. he's on his back. Yeah, I mean, this guy looked like George Costanza ducking and dodging, trying to cross a busy New York City street, <laughs> and uh, he ends in the crevasse and he makes himself poopy and I, I don't I don't get it either because but we had obviously seen him shit out all of those nasty pork and beans that morning before he climbs the slope. Well to me I'm like, okay, the show is as real as it gets. It shows real humans in real situations and it doesn't hold back. Mm-hmm. And if somebody is in that scary of a situation and they're not shitting themselves, frankly frankly mm-hmm. Not real to me. It's a little bit of a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yes. Kind of a scenario. And, and, and maybe it's the case that there's an emotional truth that's truer than a physical truth. I have another problem I'd like <laughs> to say to the producers and directors of this show. So I understand he's stuck and I, I guess I, you make him poopy. But the, the whole point of him hallucinating and having to jerk off, I... The masturbation aspect of this whole ordeal just really... <laughs> I thought it made sense. I thought it made, I sense thought it made so much it sense. Make it's so okay, sense. let me see if I can explain it to you, John. Um, it's that his, it's that his, 
his cock was so hard and it was so swollen. It was so massive. Honestly, it was, was almost like if you laid three Sears towers down on their sides. On <laughs> yeah. And to, well, or end to end, it was as, practically. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it long was so and hard and, and so tall. And so, uh, so the point at which Dave Franco <laughs> jerked himself off down in the crevasse um, was when he was operating under the hypothesis that his hard cock was what was lodging him into the crevasse. And so he needed to make the erection go down. And the only way to deal with it was to, it was, it was one of those scenarios of the only way out is through. Yeah. And that's exactly what I thought. Yeah. No, (laughs) that's exactly what I thought. Um, but you know, John, again, me and Sarah, we've been watching this show a long time. Yeah, we, we pick up we on pick these up things. on these things for sure. And again, it's one of those things like fight or flight kicks in, and <laughs> sometimes flight is jacking off. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the other bit of it that we didn't even get into. I mean, these theories were flying around Reddit. I mean, I have my theory, which is that he thought he was lodged because of the hard cock, and he's trying to get it to go limp so that he could manage to wriggle his way out. There are other people who think that. You know, they thought if he busted hard enough, it would it would give him it would be like a jet fuel that would boost him up out of the crevasse yeah, and like, give him lift. Yeah, like when uh, you do a double jump in Mario or whatever. And then the fight thing is a whole other thing that people were speculating on, which is there are a lot of people who've been doing forensic audio analysis and saying that you can hear a you can hear a growl you can hear a growl right before he starts, and that he's actually trying to scare off a predator. So any of them works. I just didn't really appreciate the visualizations that they decided to keep in there for a long time when Mm. my scene of my beautiful car Mm. got 12 seconds and they spent easily five minutes on Dave Franco. (laughs) Easily five. Easily, yes. Masturbating. Yeah, they must have done at least five minutes worth of footage and then they must have cut it into 15 or 20. In terms of all the different angles and everything. Uh, what well, and I think, you know, John, maybe what you're not, you're not seeing the forest for the trees here a little bit, because to me, it's interesting. And if not groundbreaking, that this is the first time that network TV on in America has been able to show a rock hard throbbing cock get jacked off to completion on to a camera lens over and over over and over so to me it's like we are witnessing an achievement here it's kind of a guinness world record it's kind of a guinness world record and it's kind of you're not seeing the forest for the trees okay well i'll also like to bring up the fact that i didn't quite understand the hazy bubble Above his head, was it a dream sequence that he was imagining him having sex with himself, or was it brighter days that he was looking forward to? What was well, going on? It was pretty on? clearly him having sex with himself in that bubble. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was pretty clear. Uh, he goes because he was saying the whole time he was going, "I'm fucking myself. I'm fucking myself. I'm fucking myself." Oh. Yeah. And they had to do the forensic audio to find that. Mm, yeah. Yes, that was a Reddit thing too. Uh, was they they brought out a team of lip readers on Reddit. They brought it over to the r slash lip read uh, this for me subreddit, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and some uh, s- some amateur sleuths figured out that that's 
95% likely is what he was saying. Yeah. Uh, it's also it's also uh it's also possibly uh that he was saying I'm bucking myself. But yeah, it but doesn't he make pretty sense. clearly was making an F sound. Those do look a little different. Any other complaints, John, that you'd like to log with the producers? Are we on to my car yet? What they did oh, to this? well, we're going to come back to that. So let's, yeah, so let's hit the, you know, we cut back not directly to Serena Sanchez in her car, uh, but we do cut to some other cars, right? We cut back to the parking lot uh, where the Chicago mountain trails are emptying out for the weekend. Everyone's clearing out. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's not going to be pretty much anybody around. Well, that's got me worried. Yeah. I mean, I started, I started freaking out too. I was a little bit like, okay, like who's going to get this guy down. Right. And he, I mean, maybe it, this was partially his fault because instead of like yelling for help or anything, he just <laughs> furiously jacked up, covered in his own shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we made it sound like maybe this was a last ditch effort. Um, that this was the first thing he tried. <laughs> what he did pretty much right away um and we know he did it pretty much right away because in the episode there's actually a timer going right it's a 127 minute episode and it's done in real time so we've got we got a timer counting up uh and so we know that dave franco has been stuck in the crevasse for uh seven he's been stuck in the crevasse for 17 minutes at this point and that includes uh, his full night's sleep and his <laughs> climb up the the slope earlier that day. So, I mean, he can't have been oh, in there. Oh, and for us having to see him shit out of the pork. 30 or 40 seconds. Yeah. Um, he's cranking one out. Um, and he is cranking. Yes. And the, uh, the dads and the moms and the babysitters and the uh, college students and even the dirty hippies are cranking their wheels on their cars as they pull out of the parking lot mm-hmm. and leave the mountain. I will say the one thing I found very satisfying about Dave uh, Franco being stuck in the crevasse was the intimate moments of him recalling his past. His time with his family, mm-hmm. his time with significant others, mm-hmm. his time at the previous jobs in other fun little movies and knickknacks that he's done before. And see, that's how we should have known that it was Dave Franco, because he was thinking of his family and it was Dave Franco's mom and dad. He was thinking of his relationships and he was thinking of Allison Brie. And he was thinking of past projects, and it was like 21 Jump Street, and... Good Times with Neighbors, um, all that uh, stuff. Easy, the Netflix series. And he's remembering each of these things when he pulls a postcard that he wrote to the person in the memory out of his backpack on his back, and uh, wipes his poopy ass with it and drops it down the crevasse as just sort of a little... It's like if he can't say, if he can't really say goodbye to these people, then he can at least say good riddance. And I thought that that was sweet. And 
it's a shame that this was happening as everybody was leaving because that poopy postcard could have fell on somebody. Right. I mean, if I'm in his situation, I'm making it into an airplane and I'm flying, flying it up it. out of the crevasse. Or I'm cranking my hog so much that my load starts an avalanche and then somebody finally comes and gets me. Right. Uh, at least a summer lanch, you know, in terms of the surroundings. Sure. Um, so we we kind of at first think that the people pulling away from the parking lot is just is just to show that he's stuck. But right. it actually, we actually see some people that we've seen before. We see oh the, my dirty, gosh. We we see the, see dirty, the dirty hippies, hippies in their hippie van. Freaking Cal Penn and Neil Patrick Harris and um, all these teams, teamster type of guys <laughs> yeah. uh, crowded into their VW bus. Yep. Hot coeds looking for a score. I've seen them a million times as I too used to be a hot coed. In Yosemite Valley, spending my days eating cat food and drinking beers around the fire, mm-hmm. having hot intercourse with not only my friends but other constituents that I, I will not name on, on such public access. Well, they didn't show these guys having uh, hot, having sex with you know intercourse with hot coeds, but mm. I do feel like the plot with them with the VW bus racing the uh, sexy sports car with the co-eds in it away from uh, down the twisting mountain road away from Chicago mountain was like, it's like metaphor. Yeah. It was kind of like sex. It was like if two cars could do foreplay. (laughs) Well, anytime there's a car in a scene that sex. Yes, exactly. And that's probably why this episode got an NC-17 rating, because we yeah. had all of these cars driving away from Chicago Couldn't Mountain. have been any other reason. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, um, as we all know, sex can be dangerous. And these hippies, they make it uh, really dangerous, fiery, in fact. Uh, what they do is they flick, one of them flicks his lit joint, one of these real team dirty hippie type of guys. Yeah. You know, say I'm I'm not a Christian man. I've done too much. I've seen too much, but I still didn't appreciate them rolling that savage devil lettuce on Bible verses. Specifically the poems of John three sixteen. It's all that they had and I know that they felt bad, but they had to do what they had to do. Uh I agree. Uh yeah, but some of them were kind of were kind of like not sorry. You know, some of them were like, "Forgive me, Father, for I have blazed." <laughs> yeah, know? they were cracking jokes about it. Yeah, and when somebody cracks jokes about God, you know God's gonna smite them. So that's actually a little mm-hmm. bit of uh, we called it foreplay in terms of the cars having sex, but that was a little bit of foreshadowing. Yes. Uh, so this this guy. This dirty hippie type, this guy. type of guy. Yeah. Uh, he flicks his lit joint out down the side of Chicago Mountain. Yeah. Well, he I have flicks a f- it so far that it hits the side of the mountain. I have a feeling that it's going to come back to bite him in the ass. To bite him in the ass? Or to bite it was also him? very interesting that they spent all this time showing them rolling this joint, mm-hmm. sucking on it. Mm-hmm. Lighten it, mm-hmm. and then they barely smoke it or whatever, and they <laughs> yeah. flick it. Yeah, <laughs> and he does say 
this is some primo stuff, man, as he's like lighting it. And then he throws it out the window. I, yeah, I mean, I totally, I think it just shows he's a wasteful guy. He's got no yeah. respect. They really did paint a picture. It was awful. So he flicks it, hits the side of the mountain, cars zoom away, having sex, and we are left with just one. Mm. Yes. That's Dave Franco. Yeah. Mm. So Dave Franco at this point is taking a little nap. Up in the crevasse. Uh, he, he's curled up mm-hmm. in a little ball. He takes his phone out first. Uh, he's got full bars. Mm. Uh, he's got so he's full like, battery. Yeah, so he's like, I should probably listen to a podcast. <laughs> yeah. He listens to a podcast. Puts on Pod Save America. And listens to a few of those. He has a whole season, a uh, few seasons of House of Cards yep. that are um, loaded up in his My List on his Netflix. He doesn't have them downloaded, and he does a little bit of like, oh, I wonder if I should use the data. I might use the battery more if I watch it. Yeah. yeah what the hey? And he keeps talking he to says. himself. He's a little bit like, House of Cards. Uh, has anybody seen the real life administration? That's the House of Cards. And then... Uh, And then the Dave Franco up in his bubble goes, you think the real life administration is something bad? He does sort of a house of cards type of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to do it, but I'm no Dave Franco. I'm not. I am the majority whip. Yes. It was always exactly like that. (laughs) Yeah. It was exactly like that. I I do have another thing I need to say to the producers Mm -hmm. and directors of this show. I just didn't really appreciate the whole pocket knife arm scene where he's just going to town on his arm, all stuck and whatnot with such a small blade. Why? Why wouldn't they? Why did they have to pick such a small blade for such a strong man to to gouge away at? And why? Why, oh, why, when his arm is the thing that's sticking him into the crevasse, I mean, we know that at this point because it wasn't his dick, is he, instead of, I mean, if I'm in his situation, I'm cutting that arm off. But he's just gouging into the side of his arm, Dave Hart's Dave. Oh. It's totally ineffective. Yeah, I guess I wasn't even thinking about how I would get out. I was just kind of like, why oh, is he knew, doing that? That's silly. I know? knew how I would get out. Yeah, I've I mean, never I was thought about screaming it. at the TV, screaming, so upset. Uh, but then I stopped because I realized that's where the story comes from. Yes, yes. Characters not doing the right thing is where the story comes from. Mm, right. Well, and he, yeah, so so he's not doing the right thing at all. I mean, he's used up his cell phone. He's carved. Uh, he's carved. So see if I'm in this situation. Satanic messages into his arm. I'm using my cell phone. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, gonna take a selfie. Yes. Post it on Twitter and say LMAO stuck in this mountain. Um, hit me up. HMU. I would. I would post the same selfie. Except I would say, feels so good to take a break from social media. Oh, that's good. Well, he doesn't do either of those. He takes a little snooze after he loses all that blood, as John Township was uh, so astutely noticing out of his arm. Lots of blood. Um, he lost so much cum and so much blood in one afternoon. 
He's getting thirsty, right? Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, you can't drink poopy. <laughs> so how how many times have I said that? <laughs> yeah. Well, and how many times did he say that? So many. Uh, yeah. Well, we know it was eighteen because of the counter that they put at the bottom <laughs> of the screen. Uh, well, Dave Franco's going uh, night night, and then we finally do cut back to your gal, Mr. Township. All right. And she's taking another joyride. Uh, it seemed like she was just continuing to do the donuts and the, the skids from Country Road to, mm-hmm. to, to Racetrack, as I had definitely mm-hmm. advised they don't do on such a classic car. Yeah, it was the same footage as before. And, uh, oh God, I hope so, but <laughs> either way, I mean, they're blasting a radio system I, for one, did not put in this vehicle. And I just really didn't appreciate the new paint job they threw in the car. So you weren't the one who made the car matte black? Oh, no, I made it matte black. It's all of the prerogative drawings on the side of this car. (laughs) Drawings they just had to make. Uh, Yeah, it was really... uh, I'm realizing now that this one was one of the ones where they kind of went full tilt. You know, I think that they hit that NC-17 rating from showing all the cars, and then they just decided, hey, let's throw whatever we can in here. Yeah, so they drew a bunch of dicks on the car and said, fuck. Well, and we learned later that uh, Serena Sanchez's car had fallen asleep in the parking lot last night, and that's Mm -hmm. why all the other cars had done it up like that yeah so there's kind of a little bit of a, a sorority fraternity type of prank right somebody drew an arrow pointing to the um the exhaust thing the pipe the the thing mm-hmm. that yep. you would fuck if you had a, a dick and it says insert dick here yeah yeah that's exactly what it i said. have never in my entire life had sex with or uh, even thought about using an exhaust pipe to stick my pepper in and have whoopee with a car in such a way. Well, we know that Dave Franco's thought about it because when we cut back to him, that's what he's imagining in his sleep up in his dream bubble. But when he wakes up, he's uh, he's starting to feel hungry, right? We can oh, see his tummy yeah. is grumbling. And he keeps touching it and rubbing it with his one arm. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, the other one is, uh, it's still on there, but it looks a lot skinnier because it's lost so much blood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really nasty stuff. I do love the sound design they've made throughout this entire episode. You could feel the stakes at hand. You you know you're scared just like he is on the mountain all alone. We've all been there in aspects of our lives from divorces to losing children to disease because your wife and you did not think that a vaccine would be the best reason or even losing a house because you've been out of work for too long because your addictions have gotten the best of you and you watch all of your friends fade away because you've become a nuisance to any relationship you've ever had in your life And you feel 
Well, yeah, that's the exactly sound design was so good. It was exactly sorry. what Dave Franco felt like. He'd he's been up there at this point for forty eight minutes, uh, so <laughs> things are freaking out pretty rough. I'm sorry. Oh, don't be. This show is cathartic. It's emotional. It brings stuff up that uh, you either haven't touched in years or that you never want to touch, uh, and it makes you. Uh, hold on to it, and it makes you squeeze every lost drop out. Uh, and that's what this episode did for us. Uh, and right now, uh, the only emotion that Dave Franco is touching is his his freaking appetite. Uh, because he's, My favorite emotion. Because he's really hankering for a snack. And I'm kind of wondering why. Right. I mean, this is a guy who, I mean, I guess I'm not really wondering that hard. I mean, he had pork and beans last night. That was the last thing he ate. He pooped it all out in the morning. He pooped more of it out, even though there was none left. Uh, he's lost uh, his sexual humors. He lo- he's lost blood. And so it's no wonder that he's hungry. Uh, but unfortunately, there's not any food to be found. The thing that is tickling his nostrils is smoke, but it's not from steaks at hand. And it's not from a barbecue either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not from steaks. It's not from a barbecue. Not, grilled, not uh, from veggies, chicken. Not from chicken. Uh, it's not from Salmon. yakitori. <laughs> no. It's not from Mongolian BBQ. Not from an onion tower. There's no smoke from liquid smoke that's been applied to chili mm-hmm. cooking in a pot mm-hmm. over the stove. Mm-mm. Not even a cigarette. Something mm. worse. It's not from pizza cheese burning at the bottom of the oven when you're <sighs> cooking a piping hot Oopsie. tombstone. Oopsie. No. It's much worse. It's from a forest fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's that kind of smoke. In yeah. case you hadn't guessed it. Yeah, we were going to give you a couple seconds to guess, but Ben beat you to the punch. Okay, tell you what, go back and pause the <laughs> podcast, give yourself a couple seconds, and take that guess. It was a forest fire. Uh, loser. <laughs> loser. Um, forest fire. And we, I love the sequence where we trace the origin of the forest fire. What did you guys think? Yeah. I would just like to say something to the producers. And directors of this show, where they decided, I thought it was very fun how they did kind of a, you know, a a little where did my meatball go type situation with this joint and just watch it kind of roll around to that fun little song they had going. Yeah, kind of like the Benny Hill song, but different for money reasons. Smoked by a hippie. Inside of a van. That's what I was thinking. I yep. lost my poor joint. It fell out of my, my hand. hand. It rolled down the hill and All into covered the in trees. <laughs> I lost my poor joint. I hope I don't freeze. I don't plan on freezing. <laughs> no, I see a fire. <laughs> I don't plan on freezing. But sometimes I'm a liar. <laughs> so okay. my question is, uh, 
who on the episode sang that, that little hit? It was actually I Selena Gomez. Yeah, I didn't know. I recognized I, the voice. Is that who it was? Yeah, well, oh, it's man. kind of hard to recognize the voice because she was doing it in the style of Tom Waits. Oh, so that's why it was like Selena Gomez, but gravelly and kind of bad. I lost my poor joint. It was more like that. Yes. And she should really go into voice work. Well, she has. She has. And she is. And she does. <laughs> I like that because it's sort of a way of saying these characters are all in the same world. You know, I mean, we've, in terms of having her song mm -hmm. drifting mm -hmm. like an angel's voice or the plains <laughs> and veils. Yeah. Uh, because we've obviously had episodes of Chicago Heroes where all the characters that are in the episode, they aren't in the same world. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. we've had so many parallel universe sort of, you know, Marvel 528, Marvel 439 kind mm -hmm. of situations in this show. Yeah. That they really do have to kind of kind of plant a flag when it's all happening in the real world and say, this is the soil that we're walking on. And still, we did not know. Oh, no, For you sure. and I didn't know. We had to yeah. definitely... Uh, Check. We had to definitely go to r slash tell me what world I'm in to figure <laughs> that one out. Yeah. And that one, guys, is really... I don't know if you guys are all big Reddit people like Ben and I, but if you go to that subreddit, it's really helpful for the show. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we've got so much lore and we have so much uh, backstory at this point that it can, it can just be, unless you're like an absolute expert, it can be hard to keep track of. There's a subreddit I'm a big fan of. It's called Gone Wild, where all of these folks post pictures of themselves, including myself, and you have all sorts of people comment and, and say things about you, and you just get to show yourself I never take any pictures of my face, which I'm ashamed to admit, but I'll show people... Your face is the only part of your body that looks good. Well, thank you so much. You have such a beautiful face. It's, a, it's gorgeous. Thank you so much. It looks like it's a drawing, almost. It's... Or chiseled from marble. Wow. When our booker was when our booker was scheduling you, they said to us, he's a bit of a butt his body, and... <laughs> We didn't really know what they meant until you walked through the doors of the trailer and then we were like, the episode. Whoa, we get it. Oh, yeah, then we knew. I mean, how would you describe John Township's body? It, if first word Sarah, comes to mind, slimy. I was gonna so say, much. I was gonna say, flubber. Yeah, I mean, it, covered in a film. Oh, thank you. It's like if flubber looked worse, yeah. Thank you so much. But and you're trying to, you're tr you've got the coveralls over it, mm -hmm. but you're still losing out of them. Yeah, and I all things have mass, but yours is ever changing, and there's no container for. You are not liquid. You are not solid. You are not gas. You're breaking the law of conservation of mass right in front of us as we speak because you really do just seem to <laughs> keep. You really do just keep. The ooze just multiplies. Thank you so much. <laughs> of course. I haven't heard such words since my mother, who passed, uh, and I was merely just a boy like Oliver Twist. Oh. 
I'm I'm so sorry to hear that. You um you're such a stand up guy. Well, you're not standing <laughs> up, but you know you're a guy. You're kind of in the couch. <laughs> I'm bound by the confines of this chair and where it takes me, I no one knows. Well, I think that she would be proud of you now. If Gone Wild is anything like Gone Fishing, I'm sure she, that uh, Mrs. Township, uh, may I call her Mrs. Township? Uh, her name was Dorothy Clemens. I took after my father's name, who is still alive. Oh. Mm. Dorothy Clemens. That's a beautiful name. I'm sure that she'd be proud of you if... if Gone Wild is anything like Gone Fishing, which is my favorite that? subreddit. I do mean that. If Thank Gone Wild so is anything like Gone Fishing, she'd be proud of you. Thank you so much. Please Save Me is sponsored by r slash Gone Fishing. It's a wholesome subreddit where Redditors weigh in to let the community know if they've gone fishing. Back to the episode. So the forest fire is uh, rapidly approaching Dave Franco and ravaging that's the scenery when around him. We get another one of our heroes entering the picture back at the fire station. Mm-hmm. Big thing I was wondering this whole time is where's the rest of my heroes? Well, we find out Dylan is at the fire station at the hero house and he's kind of just curled up for a little nap with his pup and uh gets the call. Um the the alarm rings in the firehouse and he kind of looks around and nobody else is there so he pulls on his overalls and just hops in the truck by himself and heads heads for the hills mm-hmm. sticks a <laughs> sticks a piece of straw in his mouth puts on his straw hat uh clips one overall flap and uh, away he goes uh, so I really enjoy it, and I'll I'll tell the producers and directors of this straight to their face. I really enjoyed the several minutes they took showing our hero putting on his overalls, <laughs> and in particular the dance he did when he had his straw in his mouth and the hat on his head. Let dancing that he was doing with those feet of his were. Dancing that I haven't seen in years. Yeah, that was. And I good. love the song that they played too, where uh, you know, as as our listeners and as hero heads will remember, Dylan Smith's twin brother Colton Smith, he perished He's, at the end of season one. He gone. And so they do work in these little tributes for Dylan Smith, mm-hmm. and uh, he was dancing and he was singing. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you? come from Colton Smith. <laughs> and, you know, now that you're saying it all in unison, <laughs> saying it in unison with yourself, I am wondering why they didn't say, do Colton I, Joe. Well, I think it was because, they, I think it was, I think it was budget. It was because <laughs> they only had the, um, the computer left to do the, mix-ins as they like to call it i love putting those on my ice cream (laughs) so it was where did you come from where did you go where did you come from colton Colton smith Smith. (laughs) uh and it kind of broke the rhythm up but i like how they worked that into the dance Uh, it was kind of an off kilter dance it was kind of in five four you know it was like uh 
a bad it, waltz. Yeah, it was like uh, Rush meets your middle school dance. Okay, you're saying they didn't play Rush at your middle school dance? <laughs> well, got my in terms of his overalls and his straw hat, Tom I would say Sawyer. that Dylan Smith was today's Tom Sawyer rushing <laughs> off uh, to put out the fire. Uh, so he drives the fire truck all by himself up to <laughs> Chicago mountain, uh, up those winding mountain roads. Oh, take me now. Home. What did you guys think when that fire truck took a tumble? I was like, Oh my God, not only is Dylan done for, but that's the end for Dave. That's what I was thinking. And I was thinking to myself now, probably could have used a guy like John township there to fix this thing right back up. Right. Uh, but there was definitely drama there. You know, we're entering the third act and we got this fire truck, uh, always kind of lost for our heroes here. Right. Uh, I mean, both our literal Chicago heroes as well as Dave Franco, because this fire truck is hanging off the edge of, uh, I guess you'd call it a slope. And, uh, I mean, what is that slope? 30, 35 degrees. I really enjoyed the infographic here. Yes, it says, what is this? What is that slope? And it had a little multiple choice test. Uh, 25 degrees, 30 degrees, 35 degrees, and 40 whopping degrees. If you're telling me you didn't get out your freaking protractor for that. <laughs> oh, I don't have one, but I certainly made one. Out I of- took out my IUD and made a protractor out of it. Yeah, well, I mean, that'll uh, work uh, in a pinch. Uh, it was a pinch to put it back in. Big pinch. Totally. Uh, And uh, he's not going to be putting himself back in that fire truck. Dylan Smith is not indeed. Because he he manages to climb out of the front of it. Yeah, and just runs for the hills with his hose on his back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. We made it sound like the fire truck (laughs) crashed down the side of the slope and went up in flames or something. It was a small bank really. And it just kind of rested there. It didn't have enough acceleration to get back up. So luckily he's at the fire and he hauls that fire hose up and he, he starts spraying, you know, doing what he does. And it, and what I thought was interesting was they shot this the exact same way they shot, um, Dave Franco busting a load mm-hmm. earlier. So it was kind of like some parallel, like thematic sort of beautiful stuff. And if you don't like that, you're not seeing the forest for the trees. He is working that hose. I'll just say that I, I didn't appreciate the types of anger that Dylan Smith showed towards his equipment. As a as a professional and a, a tradesman of many years, you would think that a person such as Dylan Smith who relies on the equipment of such a, an amazing vehicle wouldn't be so frustrated with it as he was banging it around like a maniac well and then using his small pocket knife of course to jab little holes into the hose you know saying to himself it'll cut it'll cover more area that way yeah uh if i spray it out like an irrigation hose which i don't understand why he would need to cover so much area the forest fire at this point is i mean what would you say that the square footage is on this forest fire? Well, that's two, another three. infographic I enjoyed. <laughs> well, and what did you guys say? I said two or three. Yeah, I liked the answer choices. It was nice they gave you a range in terms of one to two, two or three, three and four, uh, four or five. Yeah, like ages. Like I pick 
ages was how long this scene lasted, I would say. Uh, because I would have thought that that fire would be how lickety split. Um, well, it's out more like, uh, what's a long word for lickety? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's more like lick lickety splits, uh, which sounds faster. Uh, but anyway, it goes out and Dylan Smith, uh, he's still got enough. I mean, he's only clocked a 15 minute work day at this point. Yeah, he's got a lot of juice left in him. So what does he decide to do? Uh, scale the freaking Chicago wall. Yeah, he's like, I'm jacked up on adrenaline right now. I might as well just try it for the first time hmm. in my life. Been meaning to do this. <laughs> Been meaning to... Been meaning to do this. Knock this off my bucket list, is what he says to himself. Yeah, and he said bucket really emphasized, because I think <laughs> you think of a fireman maybe with like a bucket of water or something, or... And that's kind of like, okay, you don't have to explain. Totally. Yeah. I mean, but he does explain. He goes, <laughs> don't know if I have a lot of time left. And then he gets kind of wistful. Yeah. I will say I did appreciate that a kind of fun bubble of Colton Smith talking to him and giving him his words of wisdom, you know, post death, just a kind of show. His brother is still there. I love that they did yeah. the light cloud that floated up over with Colton on one side of him and then the dark cloud with uh, with uh, Bizarro Colton uh-huh. on the other side of him. And n- nice Colton's like, don't get stuck. And dark Colton's like, get stuck. <laughs> Jack off. Yeah, that's one thing I did not appreciate. And I'll talk to the producers and directors about this, but... Why didn't the smoky haze of Dylan getting caught, did he decide that masturbation was his best way out of this? Oh, and that's such a good point in terms of, uh, you know, I, I honestly hadn't thought about the the connections here, but now they're really clicking in terms of Dylan, you know, in terms of Dave Franco earlier, he had jacked off, right? Unsuccessfully to get out of the crevasse. But of course, Dylan well, successfully Smith. Successfully, in that he came, but he didn't get out of the crevasse. Right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and Dylan Smith, of course, he's a hero. Yes. So when heroes do the same things that us normal people would try, they do them better. They do them better. So, uh, so of course, jacking off works for Dylan Smith. He goes straight to the top of the Chicago court. wall in. One bounding leap. He, I mean, he clears the Chicago wall in a single bound. As he's coming. With one arm up in the air in front of him. And, the other, and the other hand wrapped firmly around that cock. So Dylan Smith up at the top of the Chicago wall, uh, he does what a normal person would do, what Sarah might do, reaches out his phone, takes Takes a a selfie. selfie. What does he see in that selfie? Himself. Yes, exactly. And what else? (gasps) Dave Franco. A little tiny speck down in the corner of the image. And he goes, huh, I wonder what that is. Huh. Uh, Enhance much? 
Yeah, so he does. He, he uses clicks the little enhanced wand on the. Oh yeah. Photo and, and enhances he uses it. his phone to zoom in. Zoom in, enhances it again with the little enhanced wand. Yep, and then he puts, zooms in again. Yep, and then he puts a fun little filter on it, kind of brightens some of the colors, adds a little bit of contrast and sharpness. Then he enhances one more time, and yeah, it's just Dave a freaking m- Franco. Yes, uh, hard for us to tell, right? It's hard for us to see that because to us as viewers looks like a mess of fluids, right? Looks basically like... A shit and cum piss, covered shit, rag. And cum. Yeah. yeah. Oh, a blood. Sort of in a... Yeah, I also just was a little bit mystified by why they had Miss... Sorry, Dave Fringo going to town on himself for an, another time. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, w- I was wondering that too, uh, but... I I worked it out, you know. <laughs> I, oh, you worked it out all right. I realized it was because by minute uh minute 78 or 79, uh everything is caked up down there <laughs> in that crevasse. So he's got to find some kind of lubrication to try to crisco his way out of that crevasse. Uh, well, luckily or unluckily for Dave Franco, uh, he's going to be left with blue balls this time because his savior's here. Talking yeah. about Dylan Smith. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just, a, yeah, it's like, is that unfortunate or is that unfortunate? Well, and I think that that's, uh, the, that's this week's, hey, what's the big <laughs> idea? Uh, because it's kind of like that's the thematic question that we're trying to figure out here, right? We had uh, a cloud mm-hmm. come over Dylan Smith, but it has a silver lining. Mm-hmm. We had, or actually it had a whole different cloud, you know? They kind of hit the nail on the head a little more. Yeah. We have things where it's like, are they good or are they bad? Mm-hmm. We don't know. We have to decide for ourselves or go to Reddit and get told. Right. And so... Dylan Smith, of course, he's at the top of the wall, and uh, he's, he and he's shoots. screaming, "I'm on top of the wall!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes uh, to the picture. He goes, "He's not going anywhere," uh, <laughs> and does a little bit more celebrating. Takes a moment to gloat, and then uh, his refractory period's over. So, so he's he hard shoots again. A, yeah, shoots another big old rope, and he uses it to repel. <laughs> 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 Repel down into the crevasse. <laughs> and Dave Franco goes, Now, yeah. He goes, What are you doing here? And Dylan goes, Before I answer any questions, I gotta know, are you? And Dave goes, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, John Township, you gotta <laughs> give us this one. It was an ingenious solution to a sticky situation. Oh, well, I just didn't uh, appreciate the 20 or so minutes. I mean, I literally took my dog on a walk during this entire escapade of another time of just Dave Franco whipping it out and cranking out another fun set of whatever you want to call it. Well, I think that... It's not so much about what's on screen. It's about what's in your heart. What's in <laughs> your heart. Um, and in Dylan Smith's case, at the least, uh, there's nothing left in there because uh, he's definitely he, gotten it all out of his yeah, system. He got all the cum out of his heart. So these two guys, we cut at this point. 
Yeah. We cut to them taking an Uber um, down away from Chicago Mountain. Yeah, and the Uber driver turns around and he's like, are you? Are you? And Dave goes, yeah. And, and he then, goes, go ahead. No, you go ahead. He goes, I'm not talking to you. Yeah. And then Dylan's like, yeah, I'm Colton's brother. <laughs> it's isn't that, Is that sad? I don't mean that Colton's dead, but I mean in terms of Dylan still doesn't have the self-esteem to know that people look up to him for him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they don't. <laughs> They don't. Yeah. I mean, the cab driver, the Uber guy, he goes, that's what I meant. He's a, he's, a, he's driving. It's a cab. I forgot to say it's a cab, but he's got the, uh, it's like an old decommissioned cab and he's got the Uber thing on it. Yeah. The Uber mustache on the front. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, they, uh, so, uh, we're back into your, uh, wheelhouse, quote unquote, John Township. When these guys are driving away from the mountain, uh, who do they pass? Well, that is when you'd see the vehicle. With uh, Mrs. Sanchez and full full blown only this time to my horror, the car is in worse shape than I had even seen previous to this, which was specifically under contract to be returned to me for further upgrades. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that that's happening. I mean, we've got everybody kind of having sex with each other uh, mechanically out on the road at this point. We got yeah. all the key players out there. We got Serena Sanchez's a bucket of bolts. Uh, we've got the Uber cab, and we've got the freaking hippies. We can't get rid of them. These guys are uh, these guys are a bunch of teamsters through through. Uh, hey, I'm driving here is what they're saying uh, when Serena Sanchez does a donut across their path. Oh, and God. her car horn blares out, Fuck you, pal! And these guys don't like that because they are all about peace, love, and happiness. Mm. Uh, well, people who are about peace, love, and, and happiness... Strikes. And strikes. Am I right? Yeah, right. And I would say that uh, Serena Sanchez has got three of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Uh, yeah, I will. Uh, and they're about to grand slam right into her, uh, which, of course, they do. Uh, they pretty much just about run her off the road intentionally. Um, and we know it's intentional, right? Because these guys have a uh, dash cam. Yes. But it's turned back towards them. <laughs> and... Uh, one of them says to the other one, one of these guys, Neil Patrick Harris, one of these filthy teamster hippies, <laughs> says to uh, 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 Jack Antonoff in a um, guest role. Yes. Yeah. He says to him, I wonder why you thought. <laughs> I don't know. That name. <laughs> I don't know. Jack Antonoff. I'm not sure. But Neil Patrick Harris says to Jack Antonoff, uh, look at this chick in the cop car. I'm going to run her off the road. <laughs> and the guy's like, uh, the other guy, Neil Patrick Harris or somebody is like, no. <laughs> Don't I just it. felt like a, a very unnecessary plot line. <laughs> yeah, totally. I agree with you there, John Township. We are finally on the same page. And then just to see what I had spent so much of my life and time to be so viciously torn apart. 
in an extremely long sequence. And I thought it was especially unnecessary how they all kind of get out of the van afterwards and whip out Tommy guns and uh, make sure that every last bolt is blown apart. Yeah, absolutely. I also <laughs> didn't appreciate all of the urination and oh, yeah well they had to urinate on the remains of the car to put out the fire from the molotov cocktails they threw at it yeah and they had already just eaten so much pork and beans so the defecating kind of makes sense too right i mean and that's just another one of their many uh, egregious sins is they they when they're making their way down off the mountain earlier they passed by uh what's his face's campsite dave franco and they just, they stole all his shit. Yeah. They yeah. left it ransacked. So I think that's the point for this plot line is there has to be a way for these guys to get caught. You know how, like, the uh, that uh, Capone, Al Capone, he got caught on tax charges. Yes. Right? Yes. He's done murders. Mm-hmm. He's done gambling. Mm-hmm. He's done all the worst stuff. Yeah. And, uh... They got him on tax charges. Yeah. Well, these guys started a freaking two to three square foot forest fire that almost made Dave Frank have to jack himself off a third time. So they need to pay. They owe society. And somebody's got to catch them. So having them crash into a cop car and then try to gun her down in hot blood with Tommy guns and then throw Molotov cocktails at the remains of the crash and then piss and shit all over it out. And that might not seem illegal, but it is. It is. It's technically illegal. And Mark Briggs knows it. Hero lawyer. Yeah. So he's actually just walking up the hill because he... He just kind of like runs up there every day to keep abs and he sees all this kind of go down as he's running his way up the hill and pulls out his law book, thumbs through it. Yeah. Seeing if he can catch these guys on a charge, right? Batting for the other team this week. I mean, usually he's a defender. Yes. And one of the hippie guys kind of looks at him and goes, oh, hey man, mind if we borrow a few pages? Cause they ran out of Bibles. Oh, boy. Well, the law book is basically the Bible of our country. Yes. And so that actually is the charge that Mark Briggs gets them on. Uh, He gives them the pages. They roll out up a doobie. Uh, Now, smoking weed is decriminalized, but using the legal Bible in vain, uh, well, that's going to get you rested. Yeah. So he rests them and uh, at the... Cuffs them. Cuffs them. Tags them. Bags yeah, it's just, I guess I was a little also confused on, uh, was he a lawyer or was he a police officer? Yeah, <laughs> that really kind of really came into play once we got into court, right? We had that final post credit scene in court where uh, the whole kitten caboodle really got thrown out. Uh, the judge takes one look at this case and tosses it, <laughs> saying that Mark Briggs has no right Uh even though they did all the crimes, Mark Briggs had no right to arrest them. Yeah. Uh, so that just compounds the theme of the episode where you're kind of like, I don't know if it's good or bad. It's yeah. kind of... Uh, it turns a ga- dash cam on to society. It's kind of bittersweet. Yeah. Right. And this episode was sponsored by Hershey's Semi-Sweet Chocolate. It's a really kind of hit the nail on the head at the end there. Put a bow on it. Yeah. 
Well, that well, brings us to here. here. <laughs> this is us. We are here. We've been through eternity, and now we've arrived here at my favorite part of the show. <gasps> my favorite, too. It's time for the segment. Sarah, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us the name of this segment? Okay. This segment is called Recastaway. 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 I want to be a castaway and leave the world behind. Take a tropic holiday. Say goodbye to keeping time. Well, what do you say, John Township? Would you like to play the segment? Absolutely. Have you seen the movie Castaway, John Township? Wasting away down by the coast, Pacific and chasing line. I've actually watched it about, ah, uh, give or take a baker's dozen. Well, in the movie Castaway, for any listeners or hero heads who haven't seen it because you only have eyes for Chicago heroes, Tom Hanks gets stranded with a volleyball named Wilson. So my question for us is, if you could be stranded with anybody real or imaginary, who would you want to be stranded with, and where would you be stranded? Well, first thing I think about is um, Dave Franco was, he's obviously made his choice of who he'd like to be stranded with, uh, and that's his freaking hog. (laughs) Yeah. And Uh, I was also going to say for my answer that I want to be stranded with Dave Franco's hog, but... I decided I that's not my final answer. Got it. Uh, well, that gives me a thought. Uh, I would want to be stranded with Regis Philbin. Uh, and that's because why? Well, he has seen all of those who wants to be a millionaire questions. And there's a lot of good information in there that he might be able to help us use in terms of his knowledgeability for us to get out of where we're stranded, which is where? The Who Wants to Be a Millionaire studio. (laughs) Why? Because Regis Philbin knows the ins and outs of that studio. He knows every entrance and exit. And I have a feeling he's going to be able to use that info to get us out of there. And that's my final answer. Huh. I guess I'd like to be stranded with my mother, who I never really got to know. I don't know if that counts and if that's the answer you're looking for, but if I could just spend a little lick of time with the woman who made me and get to know her. Well, in this scenario, you you are stranded forever. I'd take it. The years of hurt, I would love to uh, understand and redo just knowing the type of Incredible woman she was from her friends and the legacy that she has left behind. I would just like a little bit of time, even if it was forever, just to love my mother. That's beautiful. And unfortunately, we are going to have to invalidate that answer because you didn't say where you would like to be stranded. Hey, Ben, I have a question for you. Yeah, sure. Um, You said that we're stranded forever, but you chose a situation in which you could get out. Shit! All right, that's it. I'm taking Dave Franco's hog, and uh, we're in freaking... stuck in the fucking Who Wants to Be a Millionaire (laughs) studio with Regis Philbin for eternity? 
Dave Franco's you hog. You gotta be shitting me. Um, Orlando, Florida. I can't fuck Regis Philbin. He's impotent. <laughs> we know. Pour me another one. Make it a strong one. We're gonna have some fun tonight. Castaway, gonna let the sun shine in. Just like the other one. Make it a double castaway tonight. That was fun. Well, that I didn't think so, but that brings us to our ultimate segment. The Ray Romano Memorial promo section. That's right. Your mom's not the only person who died. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. Uh, And we're going to give you a little bit of time and space to reflect on that right now, John Township, if you'd like. Uh, This is your space. You can use it for whatever you like. Uh, We're going to use it to say thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, seriously. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. Uh, But we are aware that... Our guests have other things going on. Please <laughs> What's save, that like? Please, yeah, Please Save Me isn't uh, your whole life. Uh, it's ours so that we can make it possible. We make it our whole life so we can make it possible for you to have other things. Uh, so what we would love to hear about is uh, any of that other stuff that uh, you've been into, that you've been checking out, that's been going on in the world. What have you been tuning into or doing or seeing or having fun with that is not Chicago heroes. Well, I went to uh, I went to the theater the other night and I watched some boys and girls play pretend on stage, and it just reminded me of a young a younger day where I was catching it up with the coeds in Yosemite Valley, eating cat food and. Drinking some beers at the CIC Theater, the Dark Web, and at the I.O. Theater, the some team called Slice. They just seem to have a lot of fun, and they've got a little hot still on there who very much looks like Dave Franco, Jack, <laughs> checking off his pepper in a crevasse. So that's The Dark Web at CIC and Slice at IO Theater in Chicago. Yes. And we will have closed captions available for all of uh, John Township's uh, appearance in this episode uh, on the podcast. Yes. So check that out on on Vine. Vine. And uh, we want to thank you, John Township, for joining us. What's the next? Uh, what's the next project that you've got that you're uh, working on? You got any other cars that you're remodeling or whatever? <laughs> whatever you, whatever you do. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm trying to rebuild a tank from World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's kind of a project I've been working on for over a decade now, because tanks are illegal for civilians. You have to order them in piece by piece from. All sorts of uh, vendors, and so I have all of my parts. I'm just kind of learning the ins and outs of tanks. Are you thinking that's something that you'll be able to feature on an episode of Chicago Heroes, uh, God willing? Knowing what they did to that Buick LeSabre in merely seconds, I, I don't think I could ever let them near my house or my my passions ever again. See, working on that tank inside the house. 
Yeah, well, that's right. I actually clear out my house aside from the <laughs> the support beams, and that's where everything goes down. Well, well uh, yeah, you want to keep uh, those support beams in there, or everything will be going down. And I'll tell you what's going down right now is uh, probably your volume on this episode, as you wonder if it's about to end. <laughs> well, well, it is. It is. Uh, this has been the Ray Romano Memorial promo section. And as ever and as always, we bid to you adieu and we say R.I.D. Rest, Rest in Deborah. Smells like courage. Yeah. Ha.